0: Have you noticed that politicians struggle to enact the things they run on, that regardless of who wins elections, lawmakers find they cannot pass whatever legislation they like. They find themselves bound by what is popular or at least their sense of it. They can only act within a narrow set of ideas, and that range is called the Overton window. And on the Overton window podcast, we look at issues around the country and talk to the people who change what is politically possible. Louisiana recently passed a law to protect a person's right to earn a living from unnecessary licensing requirements that do not protect public safety. Uh, John Kay of the Pelican Institute, a free market think tank in Louisiana, was part of the coalition that drove this change. John, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me today, James. What was in this law? So this is called the Right to Earn a Living Act, uh, and basically, what it, it doesn't roll back any licenses as much as we would like to roll a few of them back. Uh, but what it does is it says that if you're if you're an interested party in Louisiana, if you're trying to get a license in Louisiana to do a job, that or or, or the board proposes a, a a regulation that regulates your uh, regulates your industry that. It has to fall within a, a, a very limited set of reasons why they they implement those rules. So, if these rules don't protect the health, welfare, safety, or fiduciary uh, interest of the consumer, then you have the ability to petition the board and ultimately sue if you have to to overturn those license or those uh, regulations. The point behind. This is Louisiana has is one of the most onerously licensed states in the entire country. We license 77 of 102 lower income uh, occupations. We're the 43rd most burdensome licensing state in the country. And we're the sixth most broadly and onerously licensed state in the country. So and, and that's all according to the Institute for Justice, who does great work on this subject. So for a long time, we've been working, I think, since 2017, uh, to implement some sort of change to the the licensure system, whether rolling back licenses that shouldn't exist in Louisiana, like the hair braiding license or the florist license, uh, or making sure that when boards are implementing rules, that they are acting in the best interest of the consumers, not acting in an arbitrary or anti-competitive way. And this bill helps to solve that problem, the, the latter problem, the problem of... Boards acting in a way that don't protect the consumer, whether it's anti-competitive, whether it's just arbitrary, whether it's just a ridiculous rule that they have on the books. This gives real recourse to the licensee in Louisiana to change the rules of the game, uh, to make sure that any of the rules are there to protect individuals in Louisiana, not keep people out of a job. All right. Uh, Who is for this law? So we had a a pretty broad coalition of uh, groups in Louisiana that supported it. Uh, This is, the, I believe, the second time that Pelican has gotten behind uh, this type of uh, bill. Uh, I think the last time was three or four years ago. Uh, And we had support from the left, from the right, from the middle, pretty much any group in Louisiana that weighs in on on things at the legislature uh, that either falls right of center or protecting people's right to work weighed in on this. So we had uh, everyone from the Louisiana Association of Business and Industry to the Louisiana Budget Project to groups all in between uh, who supported this law. But more importantly than that, it was, and the thing that I think was most important to getting the law passed were the people who it would affect, who've been negatively affected in the past. So we had people come to us and want to have their voices heard at the legislature and across the state. So we filmed some some videos with these folks, two of them in particular, that were particularly impactful. Uh, and if Daniel Ersbommer, our CEO, is listening uh, and he hears me say the word impactful, he may dock my pay. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but it is what it is. Uh, so we had Daltonio elaire from Lafayette, who is a barber, licensed barber in the state of Louisiana, who opened during COVID, opened a mobile barbershop. So he got a van outfitted it with seats and TVs and sinks and uh, was going to his consumers directly to cut their hair. And we had another lady from the Bossier area, Bossier, northwest Louisiana, the opposite end of the state, opposite side of the state, uh, who had a mobile salon. She's a licensed cosmetologist. So both of these individuals, and she had the same problem with the cosmetology board as Daltonio had with the barber board these individuals are both licensed by the state to do a job and they were innovating they were coming up with a way to bring their product or their service to market and serve their consumers in a a safe way they were both told by their respective boards that they could not operate they had to shut down daltonio Unfortunately, so he could have more freedom uh, and ability to, to spend time with his young daughter, chose a different career path. Uh, got out of barbering altogether, which is his passion. It's what he loves, it's what he's done since he was a teenager and didn't do it anymore. Uh, and then Jennifer Menard out of Bozier found a different way to operate. Apparently, the state will allow you to operate a mobile salon if you are serving the elderly or infirm. So it's not safe, according to the state of Louisiana, according to the cosmetology board, for the average citizen to get a haircut in a, a van or a bus. But it's safe for older and infirm individuals to do so through a different permit in a different part of state government. So she found a way to operate, but not fully, not the way that she had envisioned initially. Uh, so we took those folks' stories. We sat down with them. Uh, we filmed them telling their story, talking about their problem. Adaltonio even joined us at the Capitol and testified and met legislators. But we put a face on the problem in Louisiana, the problem that we know is rampant. But in the past, uh, I think that we, we went at this in a different way where it's, we went after the good policy and this is good policy. So you should pass it because it's good policy. And this time we took I mean, the, you the, should
0: the, pass good policy because you it's good policy.
1: But we, we found that it's maybe a little bit easier to pass good policy if you show the effects that bad policy has on individuals or the effects that good policy could have on individuals. So that's the approach that we took this year uh, with the Right to Earn a Living Act. And we had a package of bills, three le- uh, three bills that we supported for licensure, four bills that we supported for licensure. Three of them passed. One of them is a transparency bill. One of them is called the Fair Chance Act, which allows people who are returning from incarceration to know on the front end whether or not they're eligible to get a license before receiving the training. There was this bill right to earn a living act which also passed and then a fourth bill that didn't pass that we're going to come back at later on the universal recognition bill which would allow people who want to move to louisiana who are licensed or experienced in another state to come here and get a license mm-hmm.
0: all right so you've got a broad coalition it's nice uh, to get cross-ideological support for it you've got some people telling stories But there is opposition to these uh, to these laws. I mean, the people who uh, uh, there are reason why we have uh, proliferation of occupational licenses across the country. And and as you mentioned, especially in Louisiana, Uh, it's it's a way to serve as a barrier to entry for uh, for for new entrants into the marketplace to uh, uh, to regulate the services that people can provide so that, you know, so that uh, uh, legacy providers have have some benefits. I presume that you, you butted heads with them over this legislation. How did that battle
1: go? We did. Uh, well, it was like every other time we've we've tried to change the licensure laws in Louisiana. You're right. The boards, and, and particularly the associations that, that represent the people who work in the occupations that the boards oversee, because the boards can't technically lobby uh, in Louisiana. So primarily it's the associations who came out in opposition to virtually the entire package of bills, um, and, and and they made various arguments about why this would be bad policy or bad for for their occupations. Uh, but w- what we attempted to do throughout the process was we met with any of them who had a problem or a complaint, and we, we tried to do our best to walk them through what the bill would do, what the bill wouldn't do, in particular on the, the Right Earn a Living Act. And either they would get comfortable with it or they would oppose it. Uh, occasionally we're able to find a tweak here or there that didn't change the, the content of the bill that, that would make one of the occupations a little bit more comfortable with it. But we, we did have opposition from them, uh, and, and it was expected. But what we did was we, we took the process slow legislatively. Uh, we didn't rush the bills through committee or through a floor vote. We did our best to bring everyone to the table, have conversations with all of the stakeholders, legislators, explain everything, explain what the results of the bill. The, the law have been in states like Arizona that, that passed it a few years ago. Uh, and we, we did our due diligence with the boards, working with them uh, and, and with all the stakeholders to make sure that we weren't overlooking anything, but we were also explaining to them exactly how the legislation would work in practice. Uh, so we still had some opposition at the end of the day. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into the who. Uh, you can probably uh, take a stab at it and figure it out. Um, but there were there were several boards that to the end uh, remained in opposition to the bill we had overwhelming legislative support however Uh, we had the right to earn a living bill in particular through two committee hearings and three votes on the house floor and senate floor never received a vote in opposition uh, despite the boards many of the boards or associations coming out in opposition to the bills uh, so but that's the I mean that's the opposition
0: uh, your opposition's goal on this one is not that uh, is to prevent lawmakers from even voting on this saying don't take it up in committee don't uh, don't put put it out to the floor they win by uh, by default
1: right. Yeah, they, 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 they didn't want votes or they wanted you to vote against them. But they, they, what we've seen in past years is we would get a bill through, let's say, the House. Uh, we, we've run bills for uh, the, f- to repeal the florist license. To And this is in a past life for me uh, when I was with Americans for Prosperity. To repeal the florist license or the hair braiding license or to implement IJ's Institute for Justice's inverted pyramid. And we would find that the bills would get through the house. Way, that's
0: uh, not every state licenses florists. It seems like there's a tenuous <laughs> grasp on public health from uh, a, a tenuous threat to public health from unlicensed florists. But there are some places that have florist licenses.
1: It's like that movie. Uh, I don't remember the name of it right off the top of my head, but Little it's Shop the, of Horrors. That one, yeah, with the yes. the, the flowers eating yes. people and. Attacking, yeah, it's. I guess that's what is going to happen here. I'm not sure. We're the only state in the country that licenses florists. Uh, We still license florists, uh, and I would still like for that to not be the case. But we found out through the process, kind of getting back to the, the point I was making, is that the bills would get all the way through the House without much opposition or much outcry, and they would get to the Senate and they would die. In committee, probably. I think all of them died in committee in previous years in the Senate. So you're right, the, the boards and the associations and those who are opposed to the bills will find their spot where they think they have the most influence in the legislature and work it really hard. Um, I, I, I think that this year our approach was different, but I also think to the Overton window point that for the last five or six years, we've laid the groundwork in Louisiana that occupational licensure reform has to happen here. Pelican's done it, Americans for Prosperity's done it. Other groups that have worked with us have kind of been an echo chamber on it. And we finally got to a point where uh, I think P- legislators knew that something had to change to fix the licensure res- regime in Louisiana. So they were primed for this opportunity. They were primed for this legislation. And we were able to go out and, and work with them, work with stakeholders, and get it accomplished. Uh, so. So we, this, is, this, is a, this is where the magic happens, uh, as in it is really
0: easy for lawmakers to just say, don't worry about it. There's concentrated benefits, the costs, uh, costs are diffused. And yet in this case, in, in Louisiana, you, you created an expectation that, no, we need to do something. And you gave them what that something looks like. How did you change that expectation? Because that's, that's what drove the victory, Right.
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, it was a, a combination of a few things coming together. I think that it was number one, the failures of the past where we ran bills that didn't get through the process, but we, we started a conversation in the public sphere, whether it was the, the newspapers covering it, which they did for years. Uh, and, and they actually took our side. Uh, a few years ago in the, the governor's state of the state speech uh he surprised us all by calling for some level of of licensure reform we didn't see it coming i saw it live when everyone else saw it uh so it was that it was just the time we had worked on it for so long and set the stage and talked to so many legislators about it uh and and then it was just a, a broad coalition we had uh 20, I don't remember the number right off the top of my head, but it was close to 30 co-authors who signed onto the bill. So our bill author is a a Democrat from New Orleans, Amy Freeman, and she had people sign onto the bill who are as conservative as you can possibly be to as liberal as you can possibly be in the Louisiana House and, and everyone in between. I mean, it was it was everything that we've worked towards everything that that we've put our minds towards over the last several years finally coming together and creating a, a, a situation where we could have we could have a victory that will actually change the future of louisiana for people who want to pursue an occupational licensing and, and find work and be here we talk a lot I don't. i don't know what it's like where you're from. But in Louisiana, we talk a lot, unfortunately, uh, based on census numbers and just looking around you about people leaving the state and not coming back. They don't leave for college and then come back to Louisiana. Typically when folks leave Louisiana, they don't come back. They go to Texas or Tennessee or even Mississippi is starting to give us a run for our money. And this represents the next step in policies passed in Louisiana That will give people a reason to want to stay in louisiana to say the deck is not stacked against you you have the ability to prosper here you have the ability to find opportunities here jobs here in louisiana stay close to your family we believe that our culture no offense is superior to any other state in the country Uh, we we love our state we love the people we love the festivals the food but we really make it hard for people to choose to live here to be here and now the legislature has said we want you to be here we want you to stay home and this is a tangible way for you to do that to have an opportunity to push back on something that's that's unfair that we that the the board puts into place to make it to where you can find that work in louisiana Mm
0: -hmm. so uh, as you mentioned before this bill doesn't get rid of any occupational license it just sets up uh, a way for people to challenge their um, uh, challenge the rules around their licenses
1: Uh, what, how do you see this playing out in the future? So what I hope will happen is as people are licensed and want to change a rule that they will begin to challenge those rules. I hope that, uh, Daltonio from, uh, Lafayette, Jennifer from Bozier, and a lot of other people will go to their boards and say, Hey, this doesn't fit within the rationale that the legislature passed. And it needs to be rolled off the books. And I think that's what's going to happen. In Arizona, when they passed the the law four or five years ago, they haven't had an outpouring of lawsuits that have happened in that state. It's only been a handful of lawsuits that have have come up. And that was one of the things that was brought up during the legislative process was, this will cause a ton of lawsuits to be filed and the courts will be backlogged and we'll be fighting lawsuits every day, all day. And that'll be the new point of the boards. That's not what's happened in reality in other states. In other states like Arizona, they've seen a few, but what they've seen happen in practice is an individual, a licensed individual or whoever, will bring a problem to the board and say, doesn't fit within the rationale, you need to do something about it. And essentially what they see happening is they're proactively rolling those off the books to avoid Mm -hmm. further legal action, which is the way to go. That's the proper, the proper response is, you know, and what?
0: You're theoretically, right. these boards could have done that even without this, uh, uh without that law, yeah. but this law gives them a little more teeth to take those concerns more seriously.
1: And what it, that's exactly right. And what this does is it's a signal from the legislature to the boards to say, Hey, we, the legislature created you in the first place. And this is us telling you how to operate because it's a delegation of their power. The legislature has no business making everyday rules for everything in the entire state so they delegate that out to boards and then the governor appoints people to boards and we have probably too many boards in louisiana we have a lot and commissions but this is simply the legislature not saying we're going to do your job for you but we're going to prescribe to you how we want you to do your job and what your actual purpose is your purpose is not to to limit competition. Your purpose is not to make it hard for people to get a job. Your purpose is to protect the consumer. And if a rule doesn't protect the consumer, then the licensee now has clear recourse to get that rolled off the books. And you have to prove, the board now has to prove that it fits within that rationale. The individual doesn't have to prove that it doesn't fit within the rationale. It's now, the onus is on the board to prove that it fits within that rationale Uh, so we think it's going to be a real game changer but we don't think it's going to cause a lot of lawsuits we think it's going to cause a lot of people to go to their boards and say hey this makes no sense let's roll it off the books whether they're an interior designer or a barber or a cosmetologist or a manicurist or a shampooer i could go through the 77 if you wanted me to and just list (laughs) them all but it, it 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 gives them real recourse that allows them the ability to have real change affected in their occupations and i'm excited to see it play out what specifically was your role in this coalition like
0: what did you do to help this uh thing get passed
1: we did a lot uh we 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 did have we had a lot of folks who 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 worked with us on this but this has been since before i was at pelican uh and it was a, a smaller shop and uh they were pursuing this legislation and wrote on this legislation and pushed this legislation. Uh, and so our role initially was hey, here's a really good idea. Let's pursue it. And that kind of blossomed into we, we helped the the lawmaker as she had questions or concerns or things that came up through the process we served as a resource to her we served as a resource to the rest of the legislators in the the capital uh we facilitated meetings between stakeholders and between legislators and particularly the bill author uh, and uh we actively lobbied every single day uh to to make legislators comfortable with the bill, but also to ask them to vote for the legislation. Uh, and, and then we, we ran an air cover campaign to kind of sell the idea of solving Jennifer and Daltonia's problems. We sold that to the people of Louisiana. And it was an outpouring of support from across the state, people who took action and asked their legislators to vote for the law, uh, radio hosts who talked about it, newspapers who wrote about it, uh, but we did a little bit of everything throughout the process. Uh, and, and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a, an interesting process uh, and, and a, a really good time. And, and it's always a, a great time when you pass a policy that you think is really going to help the people of your state, which we think that this one will do. Uh, so we were, we were proud of it and, and super happy to, to see it get signed by the governor as well.
0: What's an air cover com- campaign.
1: <laughs> so we, it, it, Air cover is probably a bad term. We, 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 we set the stage for the passage of the law by explaining those stories I was telling you about a little bit earlier. Daltonia's story and Jennifer's story, and the story of Louisiana boards putting rules into place that don't protect the consumer. And we, we attached that face to it and we showed people in Louisiana that this really does harm your neighbors, your friends. It harms your cosmetologist. It harms your barber. And we ran that out there so that it, this wasn't just a legislative campaign. This was a, a campaign across Louisiana to garner public support for this policy change. Uh, so if you're in Shreveport, where I live, or you're in New Orleans or Monroe or Lafayette or Lake Charles or Baton Rouge or anywhere in between, if you got on Facebook or you... you um, you got on other social media or other digital outlets or read the newspaper, you saw some sort of an advertisement that talked about these folks and their, their issues with the boards and, and what our legislation that we supported would do to help them fix that, uh, to fix that problem. So we created over a several years long period, but in more particularly the last several months, we created an appetite for this change in Louisiana, where people began to expect it would happen, and they took action. They called their lawmakers, or they they sent an email to their lawmakers uh, and asked them to to make the change. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, this kind of goes down to um, what I think is the most important part to getting legislation passed, which is, you know, there's all these licensing boards are out there. The associations have, have a strong interest in, 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 in maintaining control. This is an outside uh, amendment that can can threaten, uh, threaten or threaten their occupations as they see it. Um, and so like there's there's some people who clearly don't uh, don't want this. And you've got to demonstrate to legislators that, no, there actually are benefits from passing this legislation, benefits to you specifically to overcome that opposition. So what were those? Why did did lawmakers care about this issue?
1: Kind of touching back on what I mentioned earlier, we, for whatever reason, or I, I could name the reasons, but for the last few decades in Louisiana, we've moved from We've moved towards this situation where our, our taxes are higher than a lot of our neighbors, our regulations are more stringent than a lot of our neighbors, and they don't make a lot of sense in a lot of cases. And we gave legislators the a, a, a bill, a, a law that said, that they could take back home and say we are solving this problem that we've all been talking about for several years in louisiana we're solving or helping to solve this problem to make it easier to find work here and and they can take this idea back and say i mean if you attend any group meeting in louisiana and you ask them to raise their hands how many of you have had a friend or a family member who have moved to texas in the last five years every single hand in the room will go up rotary clubs Republican women's clubs, Democrat meetings, whatever you attend and speak at, everyone has the same response. It affects everyone in the state. So now legislators can go back to their communities and they can say, hey, we passed this really cool bill that will make it easier for people to choose to stay here, for people to choose to come here. Uh, And we have some more work to do on that front, in particular with universal licensure recognition. But this is an opportunity for them to go say hey we're trying to fix the problem in louisiana last year they passed the first step of tax reform which represents some of the the best tax reform that we've done in louisiana in a long time we have a long way to go but they've begun to take big steps to fix the tax problem this year they took big steps to fix the licensure problem and now they can just say to again to their their constituents people at home we're trying to make Louisiana into a place where people want to be, and we don't want to be a laughingstock anymore. And this is a tangible way to show that they're doing that at the Capitol. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the Overton window around this issue. So occupational licenses are old. They've been around for a long time. Um, and it was a generation or two ago that economists looked at them and said, you know, these look like industry protectionism, not public protectionism. Um, that that they're fundamentally costs and not benefits, and they recommended getting rid of them. And of course, uh, economists have very little political say, and uh, politicians simply just said we're we're not we're not interested. In fact, when you look at the history of occupational licensing, they've only expanded them. It's very rare that anyone has rolled back. Um, uh, their their occupational licenses or stopped licensing uh, 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 occupations uh, So clearly adding more is within the w- uh, window of political feasibility um, But you're kind of testing the other side of that window So like okay, if we're not going to go after these one by one, which is, might be something that you want to do What else is, is politically feasible? It seems like this is uh, this is one of them what are some other ideas that might be more politically
1: palatable right in the environment today? Yeah. So on, on this one in particular, like six or seven years ago, I'm not sure that I had ever put any thought into occupational licensure laws in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And it it had not really been talked about in the state. And then one day I'm at a, a, I don't remember what conference it was, but Lee McGrath with the Institute for Justice uh, sent me an email beforehand, asked to meet up and started talking to me about it. I was like this is crazy. We have to do something about this. But at that point in time, this was not a problem that was talked about in Louisiana. So over the t- over time, we have set the stage for that conversation, we've we've moved it from this obscure thing, that the only people who ever talk to legislators about it are the boards to this thing where the only people who talk to the legislature about it in support of it are the boards. And everybody else in the state who has an opinion on it no longer has a positive opinion of the existing licensure reg- regime in Louisiana. So as far as other issues that 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 could happen on, there are two that I'm hopeful that we're working on. Uh, one of them I'd mentioned a little while ago is tax reform. We want fundamental tax reform in Louisiana. We have tons of tax carve-outs, and special treatments, and tax credits. And uh, until recently, pretty high, and and still not as low as I wish it was, uh, income tax rates in Louisiana. Not to mention, depending on the week, we fight back and forth with Tennessee, the highest or next to highest sales tax in the country between our local and state combined sales tax. We wanna fix that problem and we started to do that last year uh, with uh, the income tax reform package that the legislature passed uh, and the people of Louisiana voted in support of. We wanna take that further and make Louisiana look more like Texas in its tax structure uh, than it currently looks. Because right now we're driving people away. And our neighbors are are trying to implement fundamental tax reform as well. I mentioned Mississippi. Um, They are trying to roll back their income tax and they're taking real steps towards doing that. The other issue is one point back to Arizona. They just did it is we want to fix the education system in Louisiana. We pay more per child than all of our Southeastern regional neighbors pay. And we get some of the worst outcomes in the entire country. And we have to find a way and i think we know what the way is it's parental choice we have to find a way to fix that problem in louisiana if we're ever going to really move forward fixing the tax system is important fixing the occupational licensure system is important but if we have some of the worst educational outcomes in the country in louisiana can we ever expect to really fix the state so we have a lot to do on that front as well so we want to make it that in Louisiana, regardless of your child, of your zip code, that your kid can attend a school that best fits their needs. Uh, ESAs are a great way to do that. Education savings accounts. So we're, we're hitting the streets again and we're talking to parents and we're putting them on camera and, and letting them take their stories to the general public. And it's a a big policy change that we want to undertake in Louisiana, a, a bunch of them, but we, we realize that we have to change the hearts and minds of people in louisiana and convince them that this is the right policy we can't just rely on electing the right legislature and governor and then implementing the policy that we want we also have to convince the people of louisiana that it's the right thing for the future of themselves and their kids and their grandkids and future generations uh so those are the two that are on our radar that we really want to we really want to attack in the, the coming years and and do whatever we can to make louisiana a a a better place and not just a better place but a place where people from michigan were like hey i want to move to louisiana you know it's tired of the cold weather up here uh we want to get down there and get some of that good jambalaya and and warmer weather uh -hmm. so that's what we want to do we're not actually targeting michigan you know but
0: (laughs) uh so I mean it sounds on the occupational licensing issue, it sounds like you found a way to break the concentrated benefits diffused cost problems in, in public policy. And you did so by getting attention, getting the public support, and setting the expectation that your lawmakers need to do something about this issue. And it took years to accomplish or to get to that point where there is an expectation that, that lawmakers are going to do something on this issue. How many years is it going to take for tax
1: policy and education? So we we last year, like I said, we got some pretty good tax policy passed through the legislature. Uh, we're ready to, to come back at it uh, very soon and, and try to take a big swing on that front. On education reform, we passed our first ESAs uh, ever uh, this year. Uh, we passed two bills through the legislature that were targeted ESAs that would affect and help uh, small groups of Louisianans, but would give them an opportunity to find an education that best fits their kids' needs. Unfortunately, those bills were vetoed by the governor a couple of weeks ago, a week or two ago. Uh, We're not gonna stop there. We're gonna continue to work this. We have an election next fall in Louisiana, fall of 2023, and we want educational choice to be, if not the key part of that election, we want it to be one of the top issues that people talk about we want when when you vote for your state representative your state senator or the governor we want you to ask the question of them where do you stand on making louisiana's education system better it's not that we need to spend more money per child it's that we need to give parents choice we don't need to throw more money at the problem we like i said earlier we spend more than all of our neighbors spend in our region and we get worse outcomes we need to change the system, change the way that it works. And we we want that to be the key issue in the next legislative term. Uh, we have a legislature that is all up for re reelection. Uh, we're gonna get a new governor. Our current governor is term limited. Uh, so we want this to be key next term. And we're doing the work now with a large coalition of groups and individuals in Louisiana who feel the same way as we do on these issues to see to it that that happens.
0: John, uh, congratulations uh, for shifting the Overton window. And thanks for
1: talking with me today. Thanks for having me. It was, a, it was a great time. Thank you for listening to
0: this episode of the Overton window, a podcast from the Mackinac Center. Please subscribe and rate. For more, check us out at www.mackinac.org. That's Mackinac with a C like the island.